10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Live from Swansea, this is The Twilight Show with Nathan Ginn. Bordar Paub, Kruisoyabatawi. Welcome to Swansea, everyone, and the Twilight Show with me, Nathan Ginn. And tonight we are talking about working at home. Not working from home, working at home in the evenings and at the weekends. Should we be doing it? And if we are, how can we do it best? Welcome to the show. Join the conversation. Off we go. Live from Swansea, this is The Twilight Show with Nathan Ginn on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Hello everyone and welcome to Swansea and uh, welcome to uh, my temporary home in my living room surrounded by boxes. Um, I have finally moved into my what will be hopefully be my home for a long time, my, my more permanent home in Swansea. Um, I moved in this weekend and so I am surrounded by boxes still and lots to talk about, lots to think about for me because I have a fully boarded loft, could do something with it. I have a garage now and I have space for a shed in the garden. So I'm going to be asking, should I be working from home and where is your workspace at home? So if you're listening in live, you can text in and let us know um, where do you work at home? And we'll be talking about where works well, where works doesn't, and also kind of finding out if we should be doing it. You know, is there an expectation that we do too much work at home? Uh, now, one of the things I tweeted out earlier as well for us to be thinking about was uh, guess the house prices so i put out a tweet of four houses uh, earlier this week it was a, a studio flat in cambridge a one bed flat in surrey um, in guildford in fact um, a three bed semi-detached house in nottingham and a three bed townhouse uh, so uh, in swansea um, so all of those houses are on the market for in and around a similar price and what I went for is I took the uh, sort of main scale teacher salary, the top of main scale in England, um, uh, £35,000, typed it into a mortgage calculator, put in there, you know, £25,000 for a deposit and, and, and found that possibly uh, a teacher in that situation would be able to spend £180,000 on a house uh, or at least get a mortgage for it. So if you call in tonight and guess one of those houses, uh, we have Teachers Talk radio mugs to send out to our callers as long as you're UK based um, and we will send you a mug for guessing because I think it's quite shocking actually what kind of houses people can afford you know so it's all right us talking about you know needing a, a, an office space or needing uh, somewhere to work that isn't your bedroom isn't your living room but you know what can teachers really afford um, and certainly in the UK we have London waiting uh, for teacher salaries which isn't a lot in my opinion and you know in some senses doesn't spread out far enough because if you have ever lived in that sort of uh, commuter 
home counties part of England, uh, particularly, you know, there there's some pretty expensive houses there. You know, if you are within an hour's commute of London, then, you know, you, you could really do with some of that London waiting as well to help you with those things. Uh, now, there's a lot of other things been going on this week as well. There has been the petrol crisis uh, or potential petrol crisis. I don't know anymore. I know I've I was guilty of it. I went and I filled up my my car um, and I got my comeuppance. Karma uh, turned around and kicked me because immediately after filling up my car, I took it to the garage and I'd broken uh, the suspension. So my car was stuck with uh, broken suspension and a full tank of petrol in the garage and I had a higher car with hardly any petrol in it. So uh, we've, we've been dealing with that and the, I guess the craziness that goes on. Um, we've also, and, and this is something that I wanted to touch on a little bit, you know, it's been in the news today and I saw it last night. Uh, there has been a fake COVID email sent out to schools. I wonder if you've seen it, news about this. Um, it is possibly the thing that has shocked me the most and I know I tend to sit on the fence with the with a lot of the things that we talk about and I like to hear both sides of it but this has me riled it you know it has me really upset as a a leader in a school during the, the the height of the pandemic last year dealing with everything we were dealing with um so for something like this to happen so I'll, I'll if you haven't heard it I will set the scene for you. And this is from a Guardian article, but it's, you know, it's out there in other information as well. So it says several schools in England have unwittingly sent out um, a, a hoax message. They say hoax. I think I would say fraudulent for me, a fraudulent message that was sent to them um, with the NHS logo on it, claiming to be a consent checklist that schools had to send out uh, to children to um, inform them of this information about um, the COVID um, jabs. Um, We've got Chris Morphy in the studio there. Hey, Chris. Uh, Welcome to uh, TT Radio, the Twilight Show with me, Nathan Ginn. Um, And we are talking about, uh, at the moment, we're talking about this. uh, Of course you can call in, Chris. Uh, Call in now and, uh, and we'll have a chat. So if you can find that call in button, there you go. I can see you. Uh, so you should have been invited, Chris, and you should be able to talk anything now. Can you hear me? Hi, sir. I can hear you. How are you, sir? I'm very good, Chris. Where are you calling from? I'm from India. Thanks in- for accepting my call. Thanks. Very good. Thanks to you. That's perfectly fine. Um, so we're Teachers Talk Radio. Are you a teacher, Chris? No, I'm not. I'm a student, right? I did study, and I'm in BS second year. Okay. Uh, sorry, what was it you're studying? Uh, I'm into BS second year, which is called Bachelor of Arts. And my major is uh, Geography, Literature, and Economics, right? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's really interesting. Uh, you know, uh, when I did uh, the my A-levels here in England, um, it was um, the, the bit before going on to do my degree. I did do a geography degree, but I did economics and geography as well. I'd be really interested. What sort of things do you study? on? What's on the geography curriculum uh, where you are? What sort of things are you learning about in geography? What things do you study? Uh, okay. I got promoted in first year of my bachelor because of uh, COVID. Right. And right now I'm into my second year, but uh, still I have not started my license, my syllabus. 
uh, for geography and others major. And right now I'm just uh, preparing for us because I want to move on to Dublin uh, once I'll complete my graduation, right? So, well, I'm giving my time to other stuff like uh, international relations and IELTS, which is called English. Okay, really, really interesting. Um, one of the things I was just talking about just before you called in, and I'm going to put this to you because this is a very, I, I feel quite an English thing. I wonder if it's happening elsewhere in the world. Now, in Britain at the moment, in the UK, in England in particular, um, schools are expected to help give the COVID vaccination. Okay. Um, yeah. Now, there are a lot of people, um, I wouldn't say a lot, actually. There are some people who have very strong opinions about not doing that, right? So that's where we are. There's this kind of thing. But this week, somebody or an organization or group of people have got together and they have sent an email to school claiming to be from the NHS, so the, the government healthcare provider, um, saying uh, school should send out this message that um, the vaccination is potentially bad for their children. And schools have sent it out. Um what does that make you think? Is that something you think would happen where you are? You know, how does that make you feel? Uh, okay, I don't know about what's going in your country in your UK now, yeah. but for the concern for vaccine, I think here in India we have vaccine for eighteen plus. Uh, we don't have vaccine yet for you know uh, young child, right? So. Uh, as for the where the thing about vaccine, uh, everybody should be vaccinated, right? But I don't have any knowledge about the children's m they must get vaccine or is there any vaccine for them in your country or, or elsewhere? And um, what about uh, fake information? Is that something that you find in it? Is there is there fake information coming out or people pushing different ideas or negative views of it? Yeah, obviously here in India, right, people are saying that, you know, if you'll get the vaccine doses first or second, right, so you will become impotent, right, and people... Uh, you will be, you know, seriously ill after a few years because vaccine is not the is not the answer of COVID because uh, there we have seen a um, lot of cases where doctors are dying while they were 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 you know mask more than two masks they were but while they died and they got the shot of vaccine as well but people are dying right. So there are some anti-vaxxers. They are saying that we should not, we should not go for vaccine because that is something which is dangerous and which which can make us our life dangerous into future. Okay. Yep. So that sounds very similar to the kind of things we're hearing in this country too. Now, the other topic of our show tonight, and we're talking to teachers mainly, but as you know, as a student and in another part of the world, I'll be interesting to hear this. When you are doing work, you know, in, at home. Uh, studying or whatever it may be do you have a dedicated space that is a, a workspace you know do you have a room do you have a desk or is it on a sofa and on your bed you know how do you find doing work if you have to do work at home uh how do how do i feel you know work so what are you saying where do you, where do you work if you're working at home if you're doing study at home uh obviously in my bedroom I have space here and I have desk and mostly I do study, right? Um, where I can work for, yeah, sure. 
Okay, well, that's fantastic. And thank you so much for calling in, Chris. Now, what we're going to do is we're carrying on with the call. I'm just going to uh, pop you back into the studio, but feel free to keep chatting into us. Um, so great to meet you, Chris, and good luck with the studies of geography this year. Oh, thank you, man. Very good time. Thanks a lot for calling. Um, so... As we were saying there with Chris, um, we are, um, you know, talking about this idea of where we work and uh, where we can work and whether we should work at um, home, uh, particularly as teachers. Um, so one of the things I also wanted to talk about, obviously, we've talked about our petrol crisis and, and my terrible mistake in filling up my car before taking it to the garage and it getting stuck in the garage with broken suspension. That is, I feel, karma coming back to, to kick me. I shouldn't have filled up the car. I shouldn't have got involved in that. We've talked about this fake COVID email that's gone to schools. And it has really, I, I, you know, as I say, I often sit on the fence with things. I like to hear both sides. Um, but if you are sending fake COVID emails to schools, it's absolutely shocking to put that additional pressure on. So if you have heard of that email or seen the news about it, or possibly you're in a school where you have received it yourself, you know, I'd love to hear from you and your opinions on that because that's not a fence I'm sitting on with that. I am firmly feet planted and I imagine a lot of teachers and school leaders would be too. Now, we have been talking, of course, about the fact that I'm currently surrounded by boxes. I've finally moved into my house. And uh, what we are going to do is have a little... A uh, bit of our intro just to let you know where we're at and we're going to start talking about why I feel or why teachers feel we have to do this work at home. Live from Swansea, this is The Twilight Show with Nathan Ginn on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. And Boradar Pab, Soy Abatawi. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Swansea. And as I say, sat in my new house, hopefully my home for a long time, and I am sat here thinking as I sit amongst the boxes thinking where can I have a desk where can I have my computer where can I have my edu books uh, and and such like and I you know I, I have a loft now I have a boarded loft that has potential I have a garage which has potential but I guess you know the first question is why do I think I should work at home um, now you know, one of the things that I, you know, looking into this and talking to people about it, a lot of people seem to go one way or the other. They were either steering into this, that, you know, it was, you know, they wanted to get home early and, and so they had a dedicated space at home or they were saying they left it all at school. So the first thing I think we have to address, and, I, you know, I'd love to hear your opinions on how COVID has affected this because a lot of the research is from pre-COVID times is about that amount of time that schools are teachers are working. Um, so the first few numbers that I wanted to throw out there, they're from a, a BBC article. They're talking about University College London research where they did four surveys between 1992 and 2017. So this is a period of, you know, sustained research where they have looked at it and these numbers were not changing, but they said, primary school teachers were working between 47 and 49 hours a week and this hadn't changed you know really over a a, a near a 25 year period 
Um, so this was, you know, something that was just the norm. Um, they said that secondary school teachers were working between 46 and 48 hours a week. Uh, and so certainly there is, you know, and that has sustained over time that teachers are doing these um, 45, 46, 47, 48 hour weeks at least. Uh, and a quarter of teachers they found were working 59 hour weeks. 10% of teachers were working 65 hour weeks. Um, and so, you know, when it comes to it and we're saying, okay, people are working these hours. Um, Tom Rogers in the studio has said 59 hours, not a surprise, and, and said that it's terrible. I, you know, I think I have to agree. And some of the things that we will hear tonight is people are saying it's a toxic expectation and that we need to challenge this expectation of having to work these hours. The, the problem for me is, you know, I've entered the profession. I entered after 1999, I, uh, 1992. Um, I have entered into a profession where this was expected, I guess. Uh, maybe you feel different if you're listening in and you'd like to comment on that. But there is an expectation that this is the amount of work that I am doing as a teacher. And so uh, for me, I'm making the best of it by making a choice between do I do those hours at school or do I do those hours at home? And to some extent, for some professionals uh, who are out there, they they have uh, childcare limitations or family limitations that mean actually they're making a choice about when they're doing it as well. Um, so, we, you know, we're facing that is it ha is an assumption as much as we, you know, that we say that it shouldn't happen as much as we say r rail against it, that teachers are working 50 plus hours a week. So uh, teacher tap during the, uh, the last period of lockdown did some research as they do uh, to ask teachers where they were working. And of course, this was in a period of lockdown. So maybe people have now got dedicated spaces set up or um, maybe through that period we are expecting more people to work at home so it's more expected that you have a space set up at home but these are their findings uh, so they found that 40% uh, of teachers have a study that they worked in that they that they could work in although 20 only 20% were working in it uh, so that really surprised me first of all I don't know if it surprises you, but for teachers to have a study, and certainly if you're going to call in and guess the price of houses, if you are aware of the price of a studio flat in Cambridge, so that's not a flat with a study, that is you live in the study, the bedroom is in the kitchen for anyone who hasn't lived in a studio flat, a one-bed flat in Surrey, a three-bed semi in Nottingham, or a three-bed townhouse in Swansea, if you are able to guess those uh, house prices or guess which one a teacher could afford, it was pretty surprising to me that teachers, or at least teachers who use Teacher Tap, had a study. Um, and in fact, uh, you know, and I don't know looking at these whether we can make assumptions about it, but those aged in their 20s were most likely doing their work at home as a teacher when they are working at home. Uh, most of them could either work in a bedroom or a living room. And the one they were working in most was the living room. 37% of people responding said they were working in their living room. That's something I've done before. Maybe you as a listener, that is where you prefer to work. Uh, so we're putting that out there. If you're in your 20s, it's probably 
that when you're at home working, you're working in your living room. People in their 30s. Now, they said that they could work mostly in their bedroom, in the dining room, in the living room. And then 36% of those ones uh, said that they could work in a study. And the one that they did their most work in, again, was the living room. Interestingly, for that group, it was a drop-off of people who worked in their bedroom. So if you're in your 20s, you're more likely to be working in a bedroom uh, than in your 30s, 40s, or even in your 50s. Uh, People in their 40s then, uh, and this is where I sit now, as a, you know, I am in my 40s just, uh, and I have uh, my new house, as I say, that I'm sat in. So I'm home from working at the moment. I am working in the living room, but that is purely because uh, there are boxes everywhere. The garage is full. uh, Every room is full. Uh, But my demographic, it said that most likely, and this was quite a close spit here, either in the dining room or the living room. So I think by the time we get into our 40s, obviously we're we're transitioning to the living room, uh, to the dining room from the living room. Uh, And as we move into our 50s as teachers, well, it was most likely that you were working in your study. Um, So uh, as you can see, they're possibly an indication of the changing types of houses um, as people go through. So those are our two points we have teachers working long hours and where they can do it. Now, we are going to pop along to an ad break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about whether or not it should be happening at all. And that is our first big discussion point. Where do you sit? Are you a accept it and make the best of it? Or are you a rail against it, leave it at school, only do the hours that I need to Off we go to the ad break. Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DfE-validated programmes to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Do you struggle with people pleasing? Is it a constant battle managing different and difficult personalities? Why not inspire, challenge and empower your team through the Mal CPD Essential Coaching Skills for School Leaders course or gain practical skills to become a strong and compassionate leader through the Assertive Leadership and the Emotionally Intelligent Leader courses. All Mal CPD courses are accredited by the Institute of Leadership and Management. Find out more at www.malcpd.com. Every teacher loves stationery, right? Imagine getting a selection of fun, beautiful and unique stationery items designed and selected especially for teachers delivered through your door every month. You need to check out teacherslovestationery.club. I'm always so excited when the box arrives. It's such a treat. My Teachers Love Stationery Club box is just a little treat to myself every month. 
It's always full of delightful and surprising items, including some really good quality stationery brands. And because you never know what you're going to get, it makes it even more fun and special when you get it. Visit teachersloveStationery.club and enter the code TTRADIO when you buy your first stationery box to save £2 today. TeachersloveStationery.club Live from Swansea, this is The Twilight Show with Nathan Ginn on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Hello everyone and welcome to Swansea. It is the Wednesday night twilight show with me, Nathan Ginn, on Teachers Talk Radio. And tonight we are discussing working at home. Not working from home, but working at home. When uh, we are in the evenings, when we are at the weekends, working at home. And before we get into where we do work at home, there's a really important thing that we have to discuss first, and that is, should we be working at home? Uh, Should we be expected to be doing work once we've clocked off for the day, uh, you know, once we get back into our own abode, once we get back into our own space with our family members or our loved ones, should we be bringing that home with us. Uh, So the first thing that I wanted to put out there and to um, really get a feel for if other people were feeling this way, uh, you know, and certainly when I read through this, I reflected on it as a, a very similar experience to what I found as a teacher, is an article from the, the Times Education Supplement by uh, Louise Lewis, and it's called Why Sunday Evenings Aren't Relaxing for Teachers. And, um, you know, it starts off by setting the scene of you have waved goodbye to your colleagues and students on a Friday evening and you've popped a few things in the boot of your car, uh, you know, a a few jobs that you've got to take home and you've got plenty of time. Certainly, I relate, hard relate on that one. And she talks about the four stages of a teacher's Sunday night. And it's stage one, catching up on an episode of your favourite TV programme. Yep, certainly, I feel that. Except, did you make sure to report that fault on the photocopier on Friday? Okay, I feel it. Stage two, reading a few chapters of your book. Yep, definitely, I'm there with that one. But when you will you mark that pile of assessments that is in your book? You know, I'm seeing a pattern here and there is a a word for this, I'm sure, that we all feel. Uh, Stage three, staring at your phone for a while. I I am guilty of that. Turns out there's been another spat on Twitter. No one agrees and everyone's outraged. Yep, I'll get drawn in. I'll start following that. Uh, And, you know, but she talks about it changes your plans for the week. Maybe you reflect on something you're doing and, and change some planning. Stage four, background music, set a timer set your bed uh, bedside light, calming music, but you've got jobs to do before you get to work in the morning. It is stealing away your well-being. And that work-life uh, balance, I guess we call it, uh, that teacher guilt impinging on your home life is something that certainly I think we can all 
reflect on if you have those feelings when you're at home if you you know if you can relate to that let me know don't forget you can call in you can text in uh, to join the conversation here at teachers talk radio well it moves us on to emma shepherd talking about why we need to end this toxic work all hours culture um again another tess article that is talking about and, and strong words here, toxic work all hours culture. Um, and it shocked me, I guess, a bit, first of all, because um, as a young teacher, I would, there are parts in this that reflected me. Perhaps you are an early career teacher. Perhaps you are, you know, th- these horrible words that I reflect on now of being young and hungry and, and working like a machine and it being some kind of it is very similar to toxic positivity i guess um that you know i can go get it i can you know i am going to do it i'm i'm going above and beyond um i'm going above and beyond for my children i you know i want to do more i'm hungry for promotion all of these things that cause us to set expectations on our time where we're doing more well Emma Shepherd talks about it as, you know, being going for an interview for uh, a leadership position and them asking, how do you envision going about it with all your other commitments? Now, in her case, uh, you know, she talks about some of those other commitments being family, being um, hobbies outside of work, being charity work that she did. But I think to myself, what when I was an early teacher and I was setting up a desk at home, what other commitments did I have and what commitments do I have in my life now? And should I be allowed to have those commitments? And that's what Emma asks in her article, you know, the implication that she would not be able to be effectively uh, effective in the leadership position whilst um, keeping a life outside of school. There's a question there. Should it all finish we've had a text in from Mohammed who says he lives in Turkey it's great to join your group and hope you're well well hello Mohammed uh, if you want to call in and join us click that call in button uh, if you'd like to give your thoughts on teachers when they are working should they be expected to work at home uh, Dorian is also texting saying uh, love the Jurgen Klopp video on leadership about this he said He's not always the first in or last to leave. And it's such a bold statement that, uh, you know, Dorian, uh, and if you wanted to expand, but I certainly, as a leader, uh, as a deputy head, as I was at the time, was the first in. I unlocked the school. I, I arrived before the caretaker. I turned the alarms off. I was first in, and I was almost always last out as well. And... I don't know if I saw that as part of leadership, but certainly I saw it as part of uh, my expectation that I was working that hard. And certainly I know that it put pressures on me for my life outside of teaching, whether that be running errands, whether that be uh, doing um, family things or friendship things, because I I was working, you know, in the building. uh, and, And sadly, I was working at home as well. Um, when I when I had to, I was working, uh, you know, from six in the morning till seven at night. So what's that? A thirteen hour day, thirteen hour days, five times a week. Uh, you're talking sixty sixty five hours. Is that? Um, 
a, a week. Um, so yeah, definitely in that top ten percent. And and it was hard work, but it was I felt at least expected. Uh, Dorian has texted in again saying role modeling that working all hours isn't how we expect others to work. Um, and certainly I think that is true as well. Emma Shepherd in her article goes on to talk about celebrating staff as human beings. Um, you know, candidates, she says, candidates who promise to go above and beyond for their students who will do anything and everything necessary, who proudly boast that they can work like machines. She's talking about she's talking about me when I was a, a young middle leader. Um, you know, why can't we hear sensible voices in leadership, like Dorian's text in, like the Jurgen Klopp video, who celebrate staff as human beings, modelling humanity, um, talking about well-being, not just for our staff, but for our students. Um, Tom Rogers has text in. There we go. Um, just, uh, okay, yep. Moved my uh, phone away from the speakers there. Um, maybe getting some feedback, I guess, as we go through. Um, so we have this expectation that uh, teachers are working. And, you know, whilst we can discuss it, the situation I'm in now, I am in a good uh, situation now. I have changed some of my work expectations. I know that there are people who maybe are working at home for some of the wrong reasons. And we will get onto that when we talk about tips from working from home. But uh, bear with me. And we will, uh, let's hope that we can talk this through. We have to accept that some work may be done at home and some work, I guess, can be done at home for the right reasons. I leave school now at four o'clock and I come home and I put my children to bed and then maybe if I need to, I'll get out the laptop later. Now, my question for you, after we, uh, after we come back, in a second, my question is going to be, how can I best do that for me, for my well-being? Because some people are saying they are, you know, and we saw from the teacher tap interview, some people are saying that they are working on their laptop in front of the TV. Some people are saying they're working in their bedroom. Now, I don't know, if you're sharing a house with other people, if you're sharing a space, can a space be two things? Can it be a relaxation and a workspace? Well, those are going to be the questions when we come back in a second. Live from Swansea, this is The Twilight Show with Nathan Ginn on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Welcome to Swansea. And we are talking about working at home, not working from home, uh, which hopefully, uh, you know, I hope I will never have to do again, but working at home, which I do expect to do a little bit of. You know, I, I am expecting to have to write up the odd research report. I am expecting to um, maybe have to do the odd bit of uh, report writing, possibly, you know, when times get busy, but hopefully not in a 50 hours plus, 60 hours plus um, way that, you know, has been in the past in the profession, this expectation that we are putting in overtime, unpaid overtime. Uh, so 
my expectation then is that I'm going to be doing a little bit of work at home and to find out what you, the listeners, were doing. We popped out a text from uh, TT Radio Twitter at TT Radio 2021 saying, where is your workspace at home? And we're going to go through some of the responses just to see. Now, our first response is from Phil Beadle, uh, who says, um, uh, cultural capital um author Phil Beadle who says um, he is uh, working from home on the second floor filled with smoke with a view of a grand poplar tree at the bottom of the garden out of a velox window uh, that has been broken for 16 years with Catholic memorabilia everywhere. Now uh, it's hard to tell if, if that is serious or not but it does sound like quite an epic picture that I will now vividly imagine him writing books and doing his work um, in such a way. Mina uh, on Twitter has said that her other half recently built a unit in the living room that will eventually be covered in shelving. Uh, a quarter or so of it is her work area now uh, and needs to finish sorting it out properly. Now, I wonder if you are listening in and over the lockdown period, you built an office at home or a workstation at home. I wonder if it's still there. You know, I'll be interested in that. Are we going into a period where uh, everyone will be selling home desks uh, because they no longer need them or is working at home a, a bit more here to stay? I do wonder about that. Carl Graham uh, has responded saying that he converted one of his spare bedrooms into an office, uh, but I now have a work laptop. So sometimes I use that in the conservatory for a change of scene certainly again there but they seem to be spaces as we are coming through some of these streets they're spaces that are not the living room spaces not the living room and not the bedroom Ali Youssef uh, has uh, tweeted a picture of uh, his uh, double screens now this is something and I have to say we will get on a little bit later on I have some top tips from PC Mag about how to set up a home office and it's probably worth me putting out here now that I am a little bit of a technology geek um, and so when I saw pictures of people's home offices with dual screens in my office at work I always had dual screens and I always felt like I wanted four of them to have four screens that might give you a little idea of how kind of uh, technological I, I would like my workspace to be the dual screens does look good um, so but again a dedicated space and uh, the picture there it looks like there is a space that is purely a workspace so it might be at home but it is purely a workspace maybe I guess maybe this is where I'm thinking uh, if I didn't have enough space and I was working on the sofa how would that make me feel? Now, remember, if you are uh, someone who works on the sofa or you are someone who has a home office, you can call in, you can text in to join the conversation. And of course, don't forget, if you want to guess how much of a house a teacher can afford and call in and let me know, I'll send you a TT Radio mug. Uh, so you could be a winner. Any of our callers uh, could call in and be a winner. All you have to do is call in and take a shot at whether a teacher on main pay scale could afford a studio flat in Cambridge, whether they could afford for £180,000, you know, all of these uh, is higher or lower, basically. Studio flat in Cambridge, £180,000, more or less. A one-bed flat in Surrey, is that too much? A three-bed semi-detached house in Nottingham, is that going to push us over budget? Or a three-bed townhouse in Swansea? Which of those, and there is only one, could you not afford 
for £180,000, which broadly is a single main pay scale teacher's uh, mortgage ability. So certainly one of those will not have an office space with a Velux window and dual screen computers, I imagine. A studio apartment is not a big thing for those of you who, um, who have never lived in one. Uh, running in wellies said that they have a spare room or the junk room as it's known and it's crammed in i'm crammed in with guitars piles of washing and a rather demanding cat now again but it is a spare room and this is the thing that i'm thinking about so many people here i could have a space in the living room i certainly have room for a desk in the living room but then I'll be in my living space. And I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about not partitioning my work and my home life. And I think maybe that is what this is really coming down to. How do you, if you work at home, separate your work and your home life? Um, English uh, teacher with lots of ease in it said, I don't take work home. And this is one of those, you know, one of those lines in the sand, I guess. During lockdown, it was the kitchen table. But as soon as I felt safe, I went back to school and I worked there. I have Cold War grade boundaries. Um, Dorian is texting to say, is it task dependent, perhaps? I guess possibly it is. Now, I, you know, one of the things I remember, and this, this uh, my wife certainly remembers, as a young teacher, as an NQT teacher, um, she asked me a couple of years in why I wasn't bringing laminating home anymore for her to cut out. And I certainly still in the loft, uh, and it's moved house to house with me. I have my own laminator as a primary school teacher. I had my own strimmer as well to be able to make resources at home and certainly it was a feature of my early career that I'd be sat in front of the Sunday night telly uh, laminating keywords and vocabulary for displays um, less so now at the stage I am in my career and possibly because now I teach more secondary school level work that you know there is less laminating and resource making for me to do perhaps but it, is Dorian onto something there is it task dependent? Are there things that you do at home uh, that you don't do at work? Or do you leave certain things for work? Or is it just what's left over? Do you plan? I know certainly a lot of teachers, there's that classic uh, kind of um, uh, ex kind of idea of a teacher lugging uh, bags full of marking to do at home. I, I personally rarely ever marked at home. Um, because because I didn't like the spread of it. I never had the space for it. Dorian is texting saying, blurred line between work tasks and tasks that help you with your work. I'll read a journal article or a book on the sofa, but plan a lesson at a deadline. Um, yeah, I guess um, possibly for me, one of the things I'm thinking about when I talk about a workspace is that I want to do my study there as well oh lesson at a desk sorry dorian is texting to clarify there plan a lesson at a desk um i trying to think when i read a um edu book oh that's a tough one is that am i doing that for pleasure am i doing it for work or oh, where would i fit that in but i think i'd like to keep them all in a work space let me know if you disagree it is you know is it um uh, is it that you, uh, your work and your educational 
enjoyment, our, our, you know, our different things? Do you separate them? Um, for me, for me, I think I would, I want to separate entirely me as a teacher and my educational professional, professional um, workload, whether that be uh, personal learning, and certainly, I um, you know, I'm doing courses with the Charter College. I was doing some last night. But I think I'd like to do that in a separate space, not in my living room, not in my, not in my, my private area. Uh, perhaps you feel differently. Um, now, certainly, on a sidetrack there, uh, we were talking through. Um, a lot of messages that came through said they were doing it on the sofa, a laptop on the sofa. Um, and as we go through here, there are desks at top of the stairs, Mrs. CW saying that on a laptop on the sofa, uh, we have dining room tables, but again, polyglot Elsa on the sofa. Um, and so these messages that come through, uh, Miss L Stewart saying on the bed, uh, Thomas Pips on the sofa, uh, on the sofa, on the sofa, it seemed to be a lot of our messages that teachers are doing work. And the only thing that sprung to mind for me when I was reading through them, Dorian says, hot desking at your home. Yeah, possibly, I guess, if you are, you know, sharing it with different people. Um, I, You know, the, the thing that sprung to mind for me is that every year, and maybe this is just the schools I've worked with or the local authority I worked in, I was made to do um, the display screen technology uh, training. So every year since I've been a teacher, I have on online, ironically, sat and watched a uh, hour long video presentation about how I should set up my desk uh, so that I don't get, um, I believe, carpal tunnel in the wrist from typing or I don't get a bad back or a bad neck. Um, and so I understand that a laptop is called a laptop. You know, I fully get that. It, it is called a laptop, so it is in the name. But it possibly isn't the best way for us to work. Certainly not if you are planning for hours and hours on end and you are hunched up on the sofa. On top of that, for me, um, is this idea of multitasking. And I am the worst for it. Perhaps you um, you feel you can multitask. I don't believe in multitasking and I've seen, you know, people talking about it. I know that there's been a lot of uh, people putting out tweets about it recently. I've, I've seen some from Kate Jones uh, saying that multitasking is not a thing. Um, I always believed it was. Personally, I still kind of, you know, fall into that. But working with the teleon, is that effective? Are you enjoying either? Are you giving your work your best? Are you giving your uh, home life, your, your your social life, your enjoyment, the best that, you know, are you really focusing on it? Or, you know, should there be separation there? So there's two things for me. One is uh, display screen te technology training and, and good posture whilst we're working. And the other one is multitasking. You know, should, should there be an expectation, I guess, that, you know, should I be getting one of those chairs with back support, lumbar support uh, for, for my desk so that when I'm working, I'm working and I'm fully supported and I am doing well? Well, it's, a, I guess, so many questions, but we are going to go to the news. And when we come back from the news, we are going to be talking through uh, some of PC World's, uh, we're getting a little technical 
uh, for you, some of PC World's top tips for how I should be setting up this area for me to work at home. And, you know, we still have to find out. I still have this mug to give away. So if you want to call in and you are in the UK and I can post you this mug, all you have to do is guess what kind of house you can afford on a main scale teacher's salary. Uh, so don't forget to call in. Or if you want to call in and tell me that, of course, I am terribly wrong, uh, that I should be leaving my work at my work and that I shouldn't be doing these extra hours, uh, call in and let me know as well and you never know a mug might be on its way to you i will see you on the other side of the news this is teachers talk radio and this is teachers talk radio news this is your latest teachers talk radio news with gail glenn According to a report in the independent newspaper, Keir Starmer, leader of the Labour Party, has unveiled plans to remove the charitable status of private schools if Labour wins the next election. During the second day of the party's annual conference, the Labour leader said that he could not justify the charitable status enjoyed by the fee-paying institutions. Mr Starmer stated that private schools will be taxed £1.7 billion to fund improvements to the country's state schools if Labour wins the next election. Sir Keith said Labour wants every parent to be able to send their child to a great state school, but improving them to benefit everyone costs money. That's why we can't justify continued charitable status for private schools. Labour's Deputy Leader Angela Rayner added, Private schools shouldn't get a tax break. Labour will tax private schools and spend the money on helping the kids that need it. In Wales, latest figures show a spike in Covid cases among the under-16s. Denbyshire schools have seen more cases in the first two and a half weeks of this term than the whole of the last academic year, according to Mr Hilditch Roberts. He said, they're at breaking point. They are understaffed. They cannot get cover from agencies anywhere across North Wales, more or less. We are not able to supply Welsh education in some areas because we can't get staff at short notice. Education Minister Jeremy Miles said case numbers should be viewed in the context of a successful vaccine programme. It's changed the balance, the balance of harm as we call it, and we're very clear that the best place for our children, young people to be, are in school, in a safe environment, being able to learn with their friends. This has been your daily education news briefing. Live from Swansea, this is The Twilight Show with Nathan Ginn on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. 
Borodar Palb, Kreiso Yabatawi. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Swansea. Welcome to Wednesday Night Twilight Show on Teachers Talk Radio with me, Nathan Ginn. And we've had a text in from uh, CB Consulting Edu, uh, liked the show um, through the Podbean app. So that's brilliant. And of course, uh, CB Consulting Edu, if you wanted to call in, uh, you can, of course. Uh, I might ask you about house prices, and you could obviously calling in and hopefully if you're in the UK you could possibly win a Teachers Talk radio mug for calling into our show. Uh, so if you wanted to do that you can of course uh, click the call in button or uh, you can continue to text us uh, and we'll read out your text live on air. Of course if you missed the start of the show or missed any of our shows you can listen back at ttradio.org slash listen back where you can listen to all of our hosts and all of our uh, shows from earlier in the week and even earlier. You can type into the search function there if you are looking for something in particular, either to find your favourite hosts or a topic that you are interested in. Um, so uh, in the news there, you heard uh, talking about Wales and COVID cases. Now, of course, I am in South Wales and they did talk a little bit about North Wales there, but I can tell you from personal experience that it is getting tight on uh, teaching staff, on supply, um, from what I hear of the teacher grapevine in Wales. Um, certainly things are getting hard and, um, you know, there are uh, there is cases going on. We heard on the news last week, um, on the news on TT Radio, um, that Swansea had some of the highest case rates um, in the UK. Um, and as you can imagine, that impacts on teaching staff. Um, but yeah, so um, things are, are, are getting tough here. And um, certainly, you know, I don't know, as we go in there, you know, I sit, hear these rumours and news stories about there being these very bad colds. Um, but I think there's a positive cases are going up as well. And that is a worry as we go into winter, um, because today in class with the windows open, yeah, it was chilly. It was chilly. We had our coats on for a little bit of it. Um, and certainly um, it's going to get tougher, uh, certainly in some parts of the country, get colder um, than others as well. So it will get tough. Now, as I say, tonight we are talking about working at home. Uh, should you be doing work at home was something we talked about earlier in the show. Um, you know, talking about that kind of expectation on us. And just to start off us in the second half of the show, before we start talking about um, the setup of my home office and what the setup of my home office should be, it's worth us reflecting on some experiences of teachers and their, their typical days and their typical workloads. Um, so what we have here from The Guardian um, back in 2013, and this is pre-pandemic, as I say, a lot of this um, stuff that I've had to find on this is pre-pandemic um, because things changed and work from home uh, became so much more of a thing in the education profession rather than just when we were doing work at home. But certainly through these interviews, they had uh, interviews with uh, teachers going by the username of Samuel Taylor, who said, I work, I'm in work from 7.15 till 6 p.m. I teach five lessons a day and the rest of my time is spent doing pointless paperwork with the odd detention, etc. Marking is done at home. I typically start at 7.30 p.m. after putting my children to bed and I finish at 10.30 p.m. Unless I have coursework to mark, then sometimes I'm up until the early hours. I teach five lessons 
a day, so five hours. Typically, most teachers have two and a half hours in a week where they would not be teaching. However, I teach a special subject, so I don't have those hours. During the weekend, I work most of Saturday, so I can have Sunday off. And in the school holidays, I typically give myself a week off. And so for Easter, I spent a week working my usual hours and then had a week off. Um, and, you know, there are things in there that I can so relate to. And maybe if you're listening in, you can relate to them too. But it's that that idea that we have, as teachers, we have to earn one of our weekend days off. That, you know, I I only do four hours on the Sunday, but it means I can have Saturday off. No, no, no. You you have two days off. You are not work. You know, it's it's such a hard thing to get out of, and it is so ingrained in our our mindset. And we heard, you know, that that um, research by the University College London, who were saying that this has been the way for twenty five years at least. You know, they were doing surveys in nineteen ninety two where teachers were saying they were working forty nine hour weeks. This has not changed in the past, uh, you know, 25 years, 26, 27 years. Um, Chippers, another teacher, said, I'm a head of department in a state school in London and my average day is as follows. Arrive at school at 8 a.m., leave school 6.37 p.m., later if there's a parent evening or open evening, two hours of planning, emails, marking taken home at least three nights a week, three to four hours of planning or marking on a Sunday. And that's working week clocks up to 62 hours per week. He says, yes, we get holidays. However, uh, the term time uh, gets pretty unsustainable at times. And I've got a baby due in June. And at present, I don't see how I'm going to be able to make it, make time for it during term time or even at some weekends. And that is, you know, I guess part of this that, that that really makes me you know I don't know in my younger days I would march and in my younger days I would be on strike and you know the we, we haven't had a strike in a long time I, I will say that as a as a union member we haven't had a strike in a long time and what we haven't had and I, I remember hearing these whether they were myths or not these work to rule um stories Uh, when I first started teaching, that there would be teachers who were working to rule when it came to their working hours. And it would get to five o'clock in a staff meeting. And whether the staff meeting was finished or not, they would get up and they would walk out uh, because that was their working time done and they were working to rule. And I guess, where has that gone or has that been broken? Do, do we now, is it so ingrained in us now that we expect to work from home? Maybe call in, maybe let me know in, through texting in what your views are on the expectation that teachers are doing 40, well, 40 is okay, I guess, 50, 60 hours, weeks, um, uh, you know, of work and doing it in holidays as well in the school holidays not just in in term time but in the school holidays that is my rant over for this little bit 
the the you know i want to talk about office space i want to have a nice desk at home i want a pot plant on it and i want to have a beautiful computer set up with uh, edgy books all around it um we've had a text in from ali uh reza dn1994 saying hi guys hi there ali um if you wanted to call in uh, and you're listening uh, and guess the price of a house, uh, call in. Uh, let me know. I, I typed into a mortgage calculator what a main pay scale teacher uh, on £35,000 a year with a £20,000 deposit would be able to afford. It told me £180,000. I googled uh, houses in places that I had previously lived, um, so I knew a little bit about it. Uh, Dorian's texting saying such an complex issue working at home Uh, it really is and so many parts to it you know uh, all of these different parts about whether we should how can we do it well if we do is doing it um, expecting more of it but as I say if you've joined us live in the studio and you want to call in and guess which of these a teacher couldn't afford on main pay scale a studio flat in Cambridge a one-bedroom flat in Surrey a three-bedroom semi in Nottingham, or a three-bedroom townhouse in Swansea, uh, please feel free, click that call-in button, join us, and I will send you a Teacher's Talk radio mug for you to have your coffee in the morning in your study, in your bedroom, on your sofa, or wherever it is that you do your teacher type work. Uh, You can do it with a Teacher's Talk radio mug. Uh, So, as I say... We have to accept that this is happening. And that's a sad state of affairs for me, I guess. But as a middle leader, if I am having to accept that my teachers will be working at home, as much as I try to dissuade them, then I guess there is a responsibility for me to support them, to do that in as healthy a way as possible, to give them tips and advice of how to set up their, their workspaces at home or the technology to allow them to do their work at home if they so choose to um, in a safe and sustainable way that that isn't too damaging to them or to the profession so that leads us on to our tips and uh, tips for working at home so here we go pc world give us working from home tips first on our list and hopefully uh, technological uh, help that we will find here. Uh, They suggest that we use a time tracking app. Uh, I have used them at school. I have, you you know, as a deputy head, I wanted to know what I was doing all of the time, where I was spending a lot of my time. And, And so a time tracking app. And I guess that is probably something that I should think about. But definitely having a clock in my workspace so that I don't get kind of, you know, lost into. If I'm sat in a study, I don't, you know, uh, dark nights and I lose track of time. I think I want to be time bound. I think, you know, if I'm doing work at home, I want to set a limit on it so that it doesn't just elongate my day forever. You know, I feel there is a fear that you could be sat there. You could be sat, you know, I've gone home, I've had my dinner, I have the whole evening in front of me. I've, you know, I, I, sit, I could um, be there uh, working until midnight, working to one o'clock, particularly if I lose track of time. Doreen is texting saying, my hours of work at home changed when I had children. 
I happily worked into the night pre-kids and thought nothing of it. Kids have made me more efficient, but also made me better at prioritizing what needs to be done. And Dorian, I, you know, I relate to that really do with two young children. Um, I think that it does change, but, but here's the thing. Should it, should we have to wait for teachers to have children or to have something, you know, my children are very valuable to me, but who's to say my children are more valuable to me than a a person without children's social life or their yoga classes or whatever it is that anyone else fills their day with, you know, this expectation, particularly on young children, teachers sorry on young teachers that they be hungry and they be go-getters and it's only when we have children or where we have other commitments in our lives that you know there is some kind of validity that you um that that, okay children is a trump card you you get to not work at home um you know what would i be looked down on if i said uh you know actually I'm not going to get around to finishing that planning tonight because I want to go and see a film at the cinema. Um, you know, is that, how would people at school react? I know certainly if I said, I, you know, it's, you know, I, I need to collect my kids from school that would be respected. And most people would accept that. If I said as a teacher who didn't have children, I've got a yoga class where would that sit? If I said as a teacher without children and without a yoga class, I want to go home and sit on the sofa, you know, for me, they shouldn't be any different because all of that is your free time. You know, I I have children and they are a commitment. They are something I, I you know, I, I do, but it, it's my free time. I shouldn't have to justify my free time. Uh, TSCW has said 100%. TSCW, call in. Call in and guess the price of a house so that I can send you a mug. Why not? Um, let us know. Um, but, you know, as I say, we, we, we keep coming back to this, this thing of should we be working at home? You know, I, I know that I want to work at home. I, you know, I have an idea. I want to separate it from my so that it is uh separate from my home life uh tscw has texted in saying it's very different uh to say i need to go to get my golf lesson but easier to accept that someone is taking their child to a golf lesson yeah i think that is really such a true point um tscw uh, you know it shouldn't be any different but you know if, as soon as you start putting uh, I don't know, do we need excuses? Should we need excuses? Perhaps I should just say, you know, we should just say at work, I'm going. Okay, bye. You know, I'm going. No reason, no excuse. It's just, it's the end of the day. I'm going. But I've always felt that if I was leaving what, at a time that appeared to be earlier, that I had to both justify it with a reason that was justifiable, you know, like not, you know, I'd be a bit like, would I get, would I, how would I feel about hair appointment? Maybe doctor's appointment. Okay. Yeah. I'd, I'd feel okay about leaving on time for that. Um, to dentist. Yeah. Hair appointment for me as a, you know, I probably wouldn't have felt, um, comfortable doing, um, hobby. Uh, Dorian has, uh, 
message texting saying is uh, teaching unique in this situation do solicitors work at home now myself i don't have a lot of experience with solicitors unfortunately i come from a family of teachers um i certainly know um uh, my wife was a midwife and thankfully she didn't bring work home um she did bring things home though she, she was on call uh, and so she was expected to have a phone on and, and wake up in the middle of the night. And so we had things in the house that were medical, uh, you know, um, ready for her to go on call. And she did reading and research at home. And at that point, we had a, a study where she did it, which is why I think, you know, maybe there, there's this blur between professional development and, you know, is me reading an edgy book? Is that work? Is it not work? You know, am I being researched in form? Would I be able to claim the tax back on it? Uh, Catherine has texted in saying, been teaching since 1995 uh, with some breaks, bringing up my younger, uh, worked full time. Workload in teaching has always been hours in the evening and beyond. However, the planning and marking load got better with experience. But in recent years, the data and paperwork piles on. Uh, often for dubious reasons i think that staff should be able to leave when they want and suits them better to work at home as i had to care for my younger after school uh, when they were younger i had no choice uh recall working into small hours to do it and um, yeah catherine i you know i guess uh, and this would be a question for me i wonder and uh, you know i'm not sure if any of our listeners can answer it uh, perhaps I, I i need to put it out wider cast a wider net but that bit about getting more efficient. Now, I, I would say, unfortunately, for a lot of teachers, comes at a point, just so happens, you know, that a lot of teachers are having children at that point as well. And are we in a chicken and an egg situation? You know, are we becoming, are we just getting more efficient? Is that something that happens to all teachers? Is it a conscious decision? But yeah, I certainly, as a parent, put less time into my planning and resourcing than I did as a fresh-faced young teacher. Um, I'm, it's hard for me to say, you know, I'm still as passionate. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not, I'm not putting the effort in. I'm certainly, uh, you know, I think I'm more efficient, like Catherine is saying there. Um, is it, you know, am I doing, would I do more at this present moment in my career if I didn't have children? I don't think I would personally. I don't think I would. I think I would have more hobbies. I think I would go out for a run more and go to the gym more and see my friends more. So I'm not sure if my efficiency savings are efficiency savings because of my children or they're just efficiency savings because of my career. And it happens that the, um, the, the, the children have come at a point when I am ready for them in my life, if that makes sense. Uh, certainly a really complex... Um, you know, as Dorian said, uh, and as Dorian, when he texted in, asked about other professions, you know, as I say, I know that my um, my wife as a midwife had work to do at home, some paperwork, some bits and pieces, but not a lot. I'm, you know, I have a brother-in-law, but as a lecturer, when he does work at home, though, it's of an academic nature and it is for, I guess, personal study you know, writing books, research articles, I guess. Um, is that work? You know, I'm not sure whether actually he gets paid for that time by the university. Uh, Catherine is texting again saying, I spent last year as a head of a primary school and the workload 
was relentless. For teachers, I recognise that everyone is different. Um, I think that with experience of life, you do wake up and prioritise um, so that you do not necessarily put work first. Uh, Catherine, yeah, I, you know, I, I think so. I, you know, is it a, is, is it an expectation thing? I certainly think that that more people and uh, are doing things outside of teaching um, that is still teaching related. When I see them, I see a lot more people doing research type things or, you know, I guess writing books, or maybe that's just my network of people I see. Uh, Doreen is texting saying, I went for a period of saying, I will do that work later after the children were in bed and then not having the energy to do it, meaning the next day uh, was more stressful, but still got through. Workload leads us to not being at our best in the classroom. Um, and I agree with that as well, Dorian. I, I always, I often reflect on one of the teachers that I think I was most impressed with, uh, my one of my most recent schools, was not, uh, he was early in, but he was not always the first in because he liked to be early in, not because he had to be or he just, it just happened to be his work, but he was often one of the first to leave. And what I would say is that he knew exactly how much to get done to still be effective and efficient. And he did, you know, he was an efficient teacher. He, he, he didn't waste time on a PowerPoint that didn't need time wasting on it. And okay, so that comes with experience. And I think he was 25 years in, in as a teacher, 25 years in, but not wasting time on things because I have seen it said that, you know, uh, planning and resourcing a lesson will fill the space that it has. It's like a gas, you know, it's not a, it's not a solid thing. It, you know, if you want to plan a lesson and it take two hours, it will take two hours. If you have spend four hours on it, it will take four hours. And at some point that, that stops being efficient, stops being effective. Uh, your, your gains from each extra hour you're putting into it really aren't there. TSCW says, uh, I think the nature of the work can depend. Uh, the mental load of the work can be exhausting thing. And the thing that eats into your time as you can finish at seven, but be done in into the point you can't face going out for dinner and having one more conversation. You just need to retreat and regroup. Uh, trying to make my comments <laughs> short uh, might not help them make sense. No, I, I think I've got you there. You know, I think there is... Uh, an emotional strain from teaching as well that we do we have to respect and I think for me that's why I would want a study I think if you can afford it and you can separate your relax space from your workspace you can properly switch off you know I think that's what I'm looking for and that's why I think I'd like to have a desk in the garage or one of those sheds down the garden that have heating and insulation so that when I go to my workspace for whatever it may be, whether it's to read a edu book or do a, uh, an online course with the charter college, like I did last night, that I am going to my workspace. And when I've finished in my workspace, I come back to my personal space, my, my family space. TSCW has, has joined in saying, I was trying to compare, uh, the work hours of other professions and work-life balance kind of, um, yeah, I, I am, I wonder, doctors, I have always been uh, aware of that they are expected to do professional reading, a bit like teachers, but there is an expectation that you do it and you do it in your own time. So a doctor, although I imagine, you know, in a lovely leather chair, in some kind of 
lounge with a fire and a, and a dog will sit there reading and that is expected of them in their role that outside of clinical hours they would do some reading and some research that certainly exists i don't know if it exists for other professions um other i guess we'd have to compare them to other professions of an edu uh, equally educated and equally paid um expectation um, I have friends who work in, uh, uh, I guess we, we call it social media, you know, as influencers, and they are always at work. And, and I think that that would be hard too, because they are always on looking for that opportunity to take a photo, to um, present themselves to, you know, everything you do is work in that sense. And so I guess they're working all the time in that industry. Um, but certainly in shops, I guess, unless you own the shop, you know, there, where is that expectation where you are working from home? Now, uh, we are going to go to the adverts. And when we come back, we're going to tie it up just for some top tips for improving work-life balance. I will see you on the other side of these adverts. Off we go. Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DfE-validated programmes to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use, and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more, and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Do you struggle with people pleasing? Is it a constant battle managing different and difficult personalities? Why not inspire, challenge and empower your team through the Mal CPD Essential Coaching Skills for School Leaders course? Or gain practical skills to become a strong and compassionate leader through the assertive leadership and the emotionally intelligent leader courses. All Mal CPD courses are accredited by the Institute of Leadership and Management. Find out more at www.malcpd.com. Every teacher loves stationery, right? Imagine getting a selection of fun, beautiful and unique stationery items designed and selected especially for teachers delivered through your door every month. You need to check out teachersloveStationery.club. I'm always so excited when the box arrives. It's such a treat. My Teachers Love Stationery Club box is just a little treat to myself every month. It's always full of delightful and surprising items, including some really good quality stationery brands. And because you never know what you're going to get, it makes it even more fun and special when you get it. Visit teachersloveStationery.club and enter the code TTRADIO when you buy your first stationery box to save £2 today. TeachersloveStationery.club Live from Swansea, this is The Twilight Show with Nathan Ginn on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. 
Boridar Palb, Kruisui Abitawi. Hello everyone and welcome to Swansea on this Wednesday night Twilight Show with me, Nathan Ginn on Teachers Talk Radio. And we have been talking about working at home, whether we should, um, if we do, how to do it well. We've heard from Catherine, who uh, was a primary school head teacher, uh, giving her point of view on it. We've heard from Dorian as well and TSCW. And we even had a caller all the way from India talking about how he studies for his geography degree uh, when he is at home. And certainly different ways we talked about the teacher tap um, research, I guess, you know, we call it a survey that said that a lot of teachers have studies which surprised me and we also still have uh um catherine uh, try calling in it says uh, technical issues before we still have time catherine if you want to call in call in and we will have a chat uh, as i was saying you know this study uh, teachers having a study in their house uh, you know a place in their house called the study surprised me because as i say uh, looking at the cost of houses this week um for the show uh, and wanting to give away a teachers talk radio mug uh, there was a studio flat in cambridge a one bed flat in surrey a free bed semi in nottingham or a free bed townhouse in swansea all for similar prices but one of them a, uh, a teacher with a budget of £180,000 would not be able to get a mortgage on. Uh, so certainly, if you are still listening and you want to call in, uh, click that call-in button and join us. We are live here at Teachers Talk Radio. Of course, if you missed the start of the show, you can listen back uh, to this show and all our other shows at ttradio.org slash listen back. Now, for the end of the show, uh, our last 10 minutes together uh, on this uh, sort of sunny evening here in Wales, certainly not as rainy as it was these past couple of days. I feel like I've been living in a cloud. Uh, no one else was shocked by it. I was shouting that, you know, pointing out the window saying, look, everyone, there's rivers running down the road. No one else seems surprised. It rains a lot here. Quite a nice mild evening tonight. We're going to be talking about improving your work-life balance or some tips for it. So if you're still texting in, text in and give me your opinions on these ones. So number one is change your state of mind when you get home. I think this is what I'm talking about with my desk. With my desk in the office, change your state of mind when you get home. Take fresh air, exercise, enjoy a bath. Try to leave behind a day at school. Can you physically separate your home life from your work life? If you can, leave your books, marking and assessment behind. Well, I'm saying I, I, I have a bit of extra work to do. I've got to get and pick up the kids, but I've got a bit of extra work to do. But I still want to keep that separation. So I'm thinking by having it in a separate physical space, will that help me? You know, is that going to be the thing that helps me separate my, my state of mind from being in work mode and being at in home mode? and not using my teacher voice on my children or my wife, which certainly would not go down well. Next top tip. Okay, so if I can change my state of mind, that, that's one of that. Will that help me? Next top tip, number two, in the holidays. Uh, do not fill your holiday with work that you've not been able to do during term time. Allow yourself time to rest properly. Do not overschedule yourself. Um, don't try to uh, pro accommodate everyone else's needs. Prioritize what you need to do and give yourself permission to serve your needs first. Okay, well, I guess for me, this is the weekends. This is my not thinking that I can cram in a little bit of work at the weekends. And I think if my laptop was by the sofa 
if my marking was in a box by the sofa, I'd be kind of tempted, I guess, to I'll just do a little bit more now, I'll just do a little bit more now and never really get it done properly. And I, I you know, I think I need boundaries. I think as a teacher, as a as a person, maybe maybe I'm sharing too much. I'm a person who needs those boundaries there. Separate these things. Uh, number three, uh, find space and time. Create some space and time for reflection. Get up 30 minutes early. Take 30 minutes when you get back from work to reflect and stay calm from the week. Um, certainly, I think that would help. And I think that would help if I didn't when I came downstairs in the morning, walk in face to face to that pile of marking. Uh, so yeah, I think I'm advocating that if you are going to work at home, and I think we should, we should seriously talk about that though, you know, before I accept that you are going to do work at home, let's have a serious conversation first. Um, but if you are going to do work at home, separate it, you know, don't have it so that that marking all weekend is staring at you in the face, uh, always there kind of bugging you um yeah separate it out put, you know keep it away uh so yeah changing that uh number four then at work uh there'll always be more time more to do than there is time to do it never a truer statement has been said for me about education there will always be more to do than there is time to do it i often talk about teaching essentially just being managing a to-do list and shifting things around on a to-do list and i think you know prioritizing talking to your line manager it says are things you physically can't be able to do uh minimizing unnecessary meetings and not over committing yourself i think all of these are really important tips that we should be as experienced professionals uh saying to uh our younger colleagues we have a caller here um oh i think they've disappeared again oh let's see if we can connect uh bjorki oh no i think they've disappeared again uh, almost had a caller there Catherine has texted in saying the thing i did when i went into a teaching post at a point in time after i'd had taken a short break away from teaching a few years ago was never take marking home except if it was for an exam and that made a huge mental difference yeah Catherine, i think th th we need to start talking about the, you know this break in um uh, the physical space of it uh of actually what that does to us and you know having these things around and certainly i remember when i was a younger teacher in a small house uh, a small flat um that marking was there you were tripping over it you couldn't escape it and so your whole weekend you were haunted by it by this this pile of marking that was chasing you um tip five is planning and paperwork is important to build up a bank of readily accessible resources that will engage students without too much reliance on your time and materials don't fall into the over planning of lessons 100 when i talk about the the teacher that i mentioned who is experienced and efficient you know over planning lessons that's what i did you know i would spend hours and hours on uh planning and resourcing a 20 minute guided reading session and I would have spent four hours at the weekend making the resources for it and never use them again. We need to cut that down as a profession. It is good enough is good enough. Um, so certainly um, that is a great tip for improving that and certainly will mean that my 
workstation at home, my work desk that I choose to have, and it is important that we keep reiterating that is a choice for me to have that space at home, is a space for my professional learning, development, my work. It is a timed space that I use. Uh, finally, number six then is uh, enjoy the autonomy. Uh, teachers feel as if they're churning through work and feel over-directed, but you've got more autonomy than you realize. Uh, make your lessons enjoyable for you. Uh, ignore the stay late culture and set boundaries in line with your personal and professional priorities. And I think for me, that is a great way to end the discussion on working at home because really when, you know, uh, we talk about these blurred lines, and I know Dor Dorian text in talk saying, you know, are there blurred lines between what is work and what's not work? Sometimes I do put a little bit of extra less effort into a lesson for me so that I enjoy it. And yeah, the kids will enjoy it too. But sometimes I just want it to be better. And that I really honestly know I am doing for me. Not because my line manager has asked me to, not because I'm being observed for it, not because, you know, it will be a better educational experience for the children, but just because I want to do it well. And I think, well, you know, if that's what I enjoy, maybe that's what I enjoy. And as long as it is not interfering with uh, my wife watching the Bake Off or my children watching CBBS or my time with them or the space imposing on the physical space as like a pile of marking, you know, I think those things are um, are okay. You know, I think those things are okay. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'll be there. If we decide to make a stand on this, uh, you know, cutting down teachers' hours, I will be there. But, you know, I, I think a space at home for me to think about teaching and education is something that, that I will enjoy. And if I'm going to enjoy it, maybe maybe that's all that it takes in the end. And maybe we just have to set our own priorities. So, it is just about the end of the show. Thank you so much. I have not been able to give away a mug, which is a massive shame. So in this last minute, I will tell you the the one of these that a teacher would struggle to afford, they could afford a free bed townhouse in Swansea. They could afford a free bed semi-detached house in Nottingham. They could afford a one bed flat in Surrey. Um, they would not be able to afford for a £180,000 a studio flat in Cambridge, uh, which is where I grew up. And it has, I will say this, one of the biggest differences between rich and poor in the country. Uh, Cambridge, you wouldn't think it, but the gap between rich and poor in Cambridge, the haves and the haves nots is shockingly large. Catherine is texting saying, thanks for the show. Thank you, Catherine, uh, for joining the conversation here on Teachers Talk Radio. Uh, we are at that time. Nostar, good night. And uh, well, I'll see you same time next week. Good night, everyone. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.